Hey everyone, it's the Sorry to Interrupt podcast presented by SorrySports.com as usual. Wednesday NFL Week 7 recap here. Sean and I got right into it. Went about 25 minutes on the New York Giants. This is really becoming a trend and it's getting depressing. After that, we jumped into the New York Jets, talked about them a little bit, broke down the AFC recap from Week 7. NFC recap from Week 7, we recapped our picks. Then we went into new picks. We also talked about league news wrapped up in there and some trade deadline talk, especially with the New York Giants because they pretty much have a fire sale going on there and in Oakland. So enjoy this pod. We will be back on Monday with our usual rundown podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Email us at Sorry Sports at Yahoo. And enjoy the pod. Alrighty, everybody, we are back. It's the Sorry to Interrupt NFL podcast coming to you on the 24th of October. Week 7 is done. We are on the eve of week 8. There is a lot to get to. Tom, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? How are you? We're doing. And you ask me every week in kind of this condescending way, and and there's a lot to get to now with my New York football giants. When you first get here, I actually ask if you're okay. That's true. Are you okay? You're doing okay. Yeah, I'm going to make it. Um, Despite what you think, I do have other things to live for. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we are going to lead with the New York football giants uh, after another loss. Uh, They didn't even cover for me, so that was a double whammy. Thanks, guys. Um, And it's been an active week. Playing Monday night, Tuesday afternoon, Eli Apple is traded to the New Orleans Saints for a fourth rounder this year and And a seventh rounder. And then today, early in the morning, I turn on my phone and I see that Damon Snacks Harrison has been traded to the Detroit Lions for a fifth round pick. So the house cleaning has effectively taken place and now it's a fire sale which we should have seen coming. We knew it had to happen. The New York Giants official rebuild has started now. Well, I'm sure this joke has been made a hundred times since Eli Apple was traded, but you could say, hey, the Giants traded Eli. Eli Apple. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm glad that you saw the same. I got that out. Before. Yeah, I'm happy for I got you. That out. Everybody else is too. I'll tell you what. Snacks Harrison will do a really good job beefing up that terrible uh, Detroit Lions. He's one of the defense. premier run stoppers in the league, and we know that. the The reason the Giants were only able to get a fifth rounder from it is because of how old he is, the mileage he has on him, and also because of the salary he's making. That's a lot of money to have to take on, and you know you're not going to get probably the the equal value that you that you would expect to get for a Damon Harrison. Eli Apple, I was actually surprised with what they were able to get from him. I guess they took advantage of the Saints being totally depleted in the secondary. Thought they were going to go out and get Peterson. But look at this, man. Within three weeks, the 2015 first round pick of Jerry Reese, top ten pick out, cut, and now the 2016 first round pick is now gone in Eli Apple. And who was the other pick? Eric Flowers. He got cut? Yeah, he got cut a couple weeks ago. Ah. They just they just turned him loose. They were trying to try they were trying to find a trade partner and <laughs> good joke. Yeah, like you're going to find that. Maybe so it was a CFL team. Yeah, maybe. He can go play with Manzel. Um but what I take away from this man is they just totally 
missed the boat and every fear that I had and other Giants fans had heading into the draft, after the draft, preseason, and into the regular season has come true. Eli Manning obviously doesn't have anything left, although he did have a pretty good game, uh, almost 400 yards passing he with threw no the picks. He ball down the field more often in that game than I had seen in the yeah, last he like, made, five Yeah, he made combined. some throws, but I'm certainly not willing to overreact to that. He also got his clock cleaned a bunch of times, just taking hit after hit. And he made a few bad throws and he as made, well. Yeah, he missed on some open guys. Before I get into the game and we pick that and we pick that apart, both of us. What do we have to say? I mean, really? it's just how do you miss this bad? And again, I promise you, somewhere, somehow, there was a conversation between Mara, Gettleman, and Shermer upon their hiring saying, you can do whatever the hell you want, but we are giving Eli Manning a chance to win with a buffed-up left side of the line, which has been terrible. Nate Solders looked completely lost, and Will Hernandez has not been able to help him out because it was supposed to be the other way around. Solder was supposed to be helping him out on that left side of the line, and that has not been the case. You're going to say, okay, you just tra- you just drafted this generationally great running back. I mean, he had a very pedestrian game against the Falcons because what you can only do so much with a terrible offensive line. And then he you're going to have he Odell. He could do. Yeah, you're going to score a touchdown. You're going to have Odell Beckham back and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, although he's missed some time. And you're saying we're going to give the keys to the car again to a 37-year-old quarterback who has what we believe one to two years left as a premier quarterback in this league. And obviously the total opposite has happened. It's been a complete disaster. Dumpster fire doesn't bo- doesn't begin to start it. It's more of a grease fire. The house is on fire. The city's on fire. And now they're cleaning everybody out that has value. Adam Schefter reported that anybody that has value on this team could be had for the right price. You know, predominantly in the in the defensive secondary or I even on the line. Janoris Jenkins is next. Excluding what? Landon Collins. Yeah, Landon Collins are going to try to extend. I'm sure they don't. I mean, he is the only bright spot on that defense. Landon Collins, Eli, sorry, not Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. Eli is the cause of all this. Eli. Um, He's not the cause of all of this. Oh, please. He doesn't help, but this whole team sucks. The reason why Eli, it's not Eli's fault because Eli isn't the GM and the ownership, but they should have gotten rid of Eli. Well, that's we know that. But to anybody who watches these this team, yeah, he's a problem, but he is not the problem. I think if you put a, a different quarterback on this team, they're maybe a 500 team. They're not this bad. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I don't, I don't because the secondary them. doesn't get stops when they need to get stops. All right, there is no pass rush. It doesn't exist. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll put it to you this way, bro. They haven't scored aside from what the Carolina Panthers game was. It they scored thirty points. Tom, we talked about this last week. He's a problem. We know that. He's they should terrible. have moved on. Yeah, no, but my point is this, and I'm not. I'm not saying that the Giants are. You know, they're a playoff team without Eli and with someone else. But I think you could go up and down the NFL, and I could name a bunch of quarterbacks where they'd at least be five hundred. Eli is one of. But the that's main the problems. thing. You yes, he is, and you think that. But also, did you watch? That that game no, I agree night. with you. They can't stop anybody on defense, and they're not playing hard at all. But that all stems from the fact that Eli sucks, and everyone knows it except for the people in power. 
Yeah, and, and also the offensive line. Nate Solder has been a total bum of, a, of an acquisition. He can't stop anybody. People were running him over. He was a turnstile the other night. And that's another thing. That Falcon defense is not great, and they were in Eli's lap the entire game. Again, he is a main problem. He should not be the starting quarterback of this team. He is a major reason why they are losing constantly, but he is not the reason. You put any other quarterback back there, they might have more than one win. They're not going to have more than two or three. These guys will be running for their lives just like he has. It's been a complete and utter disaster, and you know I'm off his bandwagon. I'm not defending him. I'm telling you what I'm watching as somebody who's been watching football this for a long time. This team's terrible. I agree and with you, but I think There are so many issues on this team, and the biggest issue is now that when you're looking to possibly bench him, who are you putting in to play for him? He will be playing the rest of the season because Kyle Aletta has not even dressed for a game yet. Okay, so you if you're gonna bench Eli Manning, you're gonna bench him to put in somebody that you think you could either a build with or you're acquiring. Maybe one of these teams decides that they're gonna throw a carrot at you and trade you one of their backup quarterbacks or somebody who they know is not gonna be in their long-term plans, and you can ride out a couple games with him. But as is currently constituted, Eli Manning is the only option at quarterback for this team, which is a disgrace. I've told you that. In the infancy of this podcast, I'm not breaking any news here, but it's just unbelievable how bad they missed with this, and they have set this franchise back now years. Well, it's disappointing in the fact that you're they're probably, and I think you said this last week, that they're probably going to sign a, an 8-8 eight eight quarterback next year. Uh, and again, like you, ho- I think 8-8 eight eight is the, if you're just looking from a win perspective and not you know the big picture, I think 8-8 eight and eight is is the ceiling of what another quarterback it probably that you could po- the, that you could get but could you do. But the problem is is that you don't want 8-8. Eight eight. You want another 2 That's what I said. Whatever so season. from a big picture, of course you don't want 8-8. Eight eight. But what I'm saying is if you're just looking at wins and you're just saying in a vacuum, you're looking for a quarterback that's going to win you games, 8-8 eight and eight along w- with this team. Now, who knows what's going to happen in the trade market, in free agency, and in the draft. But any other quarterback right now, I think you would be lucky to get eight wins because there are so many problems on this team defensively, on the offensive line is still putrid. Think of the four main positions that you need to build a championship team. You need a quarterback one, don't have one. You need a top-tier left tackle, certainly don't have one. You need an elite pass rusher, you don't have that. And you need a lockdown cornerback, and you don't have anything close. You just traded a first-rounder from two years ago away for a fourth and seventh round pick. They don't have any of yeah. the keystone players that you would need to at least even look at and say, We're, we have a future. Look at the Browns. They have what they believe is their franchise quarterback in Mayfield. Lockdown they have They have Ward at corner, and they have Miles Garrett as their elite pass rusher, and they're trying to build up that offensive line. They are a lot, I can't believe I'm saying this, they are a lot further ahead in their development than the New York Giants because at least they recognize the worst part about this whole situation, man, is when you compare them, they're 4-20 and in their last 24 games. The only team worse is the Browns. This is The worst part about this is, is they've lost all 20 of those games believing going into those games that they were good enough to win. That's the worst part. When you look at the Raiders, they know that they are going, you know, they're rebuilding and they're looking towards the future. The Browns, same thing. This team has nothing. I don't, that's that's exactly my point. I I don't, you alluded to the fact that they, one, thought they were going to win, and two, 
that the Browns are a lot further along. The Brown, the Giants aren't even along. Not further no, along. They're, they're nothing. They they are. It, they were in a mode at the beginning of the season where they thought they were going to make the playoffs. They're a fetus right now. <laughs> they're <laughs> not even that. Yeah, they're I a mean, corpse. Yeah, they're dead. Boy, you took that far. That's on the total other side of the spectrum. Yeah, but yeah. I did. <laughs> they they haven't even started their infancy yet. You have a running back where you're only good with a running back when you have a team built around him, and you have a superstar wide receiver. Aside from that, what else do you have? You have nothing, and that's and again. When you look at the people who also... And now they can't trade everybody because unlike other sports in football, you can't trade everyone that has value because you still have to field a team of pro players. And if you don't... Not to mention, I think, in the NFL, I think it's the least... Unless you're talking about a Kyrie Irving trade where it was basically free agency and these other trades... I think in the NFL, you get the least amount. You never get equal value for a guy you want to get. No, 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 no. I think you get by far the least. Yeah, you're, you're for trading for pennies on the players. dollar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Damon Harrison, like we said, is much more than unless a fifth-round pick. Yeah, and unless you're trading with the Cowboys, which we know the Giants won't. But think about this, right? I mean, when you look at, when you look at this situation, the Giants <laughs> – the Giants have lost all these games thinking that they're going to win these games, right? So, obviously, two regimes now thought a team was much better on the field than it actually was. The only person who didn't was Ben McAdoo, believe it or not. Yeah, and, and when he Which tried to— crazy. And, now, and again, you know, he went about it totally the wrong way, and I, I don't believe that he was the coach for this team. I don't know about Shermer. We're, we're going we're gonna to wait and find out. Now Gettleman well, gets play a— play calling doesn't look too good so far. No, it doesn't. Not that he has much— to, to call, work with, right? But, but you know, Gettleman now has a chance to be a real, a real general manager. Because say what you want, he doesn't about have the, the handcuff of Eli, and, and anymore. now he doesn't have the handcuff of the Eli. The ball and chain of Eli but, attached but, to his but leg. But also, where you you can't go another, you can't go another direction right now because you don't have another option. If Lawletta had been dressing or at least taking some reps, then that's one thing. I'm, He's not even dressing. You're you're realistically looking at him maybe starting come week thirteen or fourteen. I agree with you, at but best case, but honestly, dude, like I'm looking at it further along the line than Lawletta starting this year or however you pronounce his name. I'm you know I'm not great with names. Who cares? about this year if Eli starts all the remaining games left all 16 games or if Lowet Lowet whatever his name starts who cares you guys are going to be drafting in the top three regardless as a Giants fan personally I would be more worried about next year when they go out and they sign a Tyrod Taylor and you do go eight and eight and you don't get one you don't make the playoffs and two you don't get what you so desperately need which is a cornerstone player such as the quarterback of the future. Right. Because then you're going to progress on this and you're going to be the Washington Redskins for the next 15 years. Well, the only hope there is that you... you, Because the... what makes this even more pathetic is it's not like the Giants are you know completely absolved of talent. They have talent. So the hope is, is that you continue to trade off people that have value. I would look at Evan Ingram. I would look at Sterling Shepard. Dave Gettleman is not attached to these players. He didn't draft them. If, if there's anybody and, and you know going in... As What's I was, tough, though, Just is to that finish my thought from before, though, is you have to field a team of pro, team, of pro players because unlike the other sports... It's all tied together, right? So you could stick a rookie third baseman out there. Maybe he, he's a butcher in the field and hits 150, and he you know he is the reason a pitcher's ERA inflates, whatever. You can have a situation like the Orioles this year. It's no big deal. But in the NFL, you're compromising other people's possible health. If you have Saquon Barkley, who you want to be your cornerstone running back and Hall of Fame type running back of the next five to eight years, running behind a team that where he could possibly suffer a career-ending injury because he has no protection. And I mean, if you want to look at Eli, yeah, I want him out. 
Right now, he's one bad hit away. I don't know how he's getting up from some of these in the first place from being carted off the field and having a career-ending injury. This guy's got a rest of his life to live. Yeah. I don't want to see that. And I no, hope he retires. No, nobody from a football standpoint, no matter how you feel about him, wants to see his last image on the football field or wearing a Giants jersey being carted off to a torn ACL or you know a broken leg, which is very much possible in this situation. Same with Landon Collins. I don't want him risking his career going out and trying to make hits behind a secondary where there's nobody else on uh, you know per, who should be in the NFL playing. You're putting other people's careers at risk. So you can't totally rebuild, but in the off season, look at some of these guys. You don't flip at the deadline. Okay, maybe a team becomes desperate because they lose out on a free agent or a trade is a little too steep. They go to the Giants and say, yeah, we'll trade you a third rounder for an Olivier Vernon. We'll trade you a fourth rounder for a Janoris Jenkins, something like that. And you're just accumulating picks. And whether yeah. you use them in the 2019 draft or you use them as capital for the 2020 draft, yeah, I, I don't see a situation where they're going to have another two or three win season next year. So you're going to have to have some assets or some draft capital where you can move up and look at this quarterback rich yeah. class of 2020 and find somebody a la New York Jets move this year. I, I just think it's tough because what the Giants should do, and you and I, we don't know, but what you don't think it's going to happen is they should bottom out this year. And if they... Oh, they already will. Of yeah, course. We don't have to yeah, worry that's about inevitable, that. but... You know, if if you don't see anybody you like, because this is supposedly, by all accounts, a very weak quarterback class. Although they said what 2016 was a weak quarterback class, and you have Carson Wentz. And yeah, Jared I think Goff. they meant more from depth. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen, but yeah. But again, if you if you don't think that Herbert is the guy out of Oregon that you want, fine, take that stud offensive lineman from Alabama. You know, take Nick Bosa. There, there's your there's your top there's your top edge pass rusher now there, for the there next you go. five eight Check years. Check that box again, but. Then next year, don't go out and sign a guy like Tyler Taylor. Run out a guy like Luetta for the year. Go I know. Three, go three and but thirteen. We, we talked about this, right? In an in an in an ideal circumstance, they would. I I as a fan want to see a full blown rebuild where they can position themselves to take that next quarterback who's going to lead them to several Super Bowls. But that contradicts the pick of Saquon Barkley. That contradicts the extension of Odell Beckham Jr. Now, unless you want to go crazy and offer and listen to offers for both of them, you can't possibly. It's not. It's not. So Shaquan costs you three first round how, picks. How, Odell costs you so, two in a second. So exactly. So how are you selling to your to your ownership and your fan base that after paying a large part of your salary cap to a wide receiver in his prime? and taking a running back who we know whose shelf life is not long, that you're willing to sacrifice another year of being in the basement. You can't do that. I think because then even no matter how good the quarterback is, you know I love Darnold. This Jet team is not ready to win. It takes usually a while. Unless you're a Pat Mahomes, and remember this is his second year, you don't walk into a dream situation. So now you're looking at the tail end of Beckham's contract extension, where he's no longer what he currently is. And already a couple years in, if Saquon taking a pounding against NFL defensive players, what the hell was that? So yeah, I mean you, it, you're in such you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, you have I no think, right way to go. Here. I think the right way and pretty much the only way, all roads lead to Derek Carr. It's looking that way. I mean, what what else can you do? Unless somebody Derek else Carr is a guy who can lead you to the playoffs right. on, on on the right team. He's not Tom Brady. He's not he's not any of these other guys. 
but Eli Manning isn't Tom Brady either. And he, the only reason why Eli Manning is going to the Hall of Fame is because they he won two Super Bowls. And if you can get a guy where Eli Manning was never an elite top of the top of the NFL quarterback, he was a Pro Bowl level quarterback. Don't get me wrong, he was definitely in the top ten. Oh yeah, but we were never talking about him with his brother or no. Drew Brees or Tom Brady. No, he was the next tier. Exactly, he was in there with Matt Ryan and and, and so on and so forth. I think Derek Carr could be there. If you give him a decent offensive line, which is what the Giants should most definitely draft in this next NFL draft, and what they should be going after a thousand percent in free agency. And like you said, if Nate Solder can be a nice, you know, third right guy or something, yeah, third yeah, guy, move over the right third side. best player on the Take line, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think this guy, especially with that running game and the weapons he has, you can do a quick rebuild. You can go from the Cleveland Browns to the actual what the New York Giants should be. Yeah, I mean, you you certainly hope so. And then the and NFL. What do you think, Derek Carr? What do you think gets Derek Carr? I think they wait till after the draft. They make their pick, and then they offer next year's first round pick for him. Yeah, that's entirely possible. I think it's also going to depend on what they do with some of their other assets and how they look at the draft and forecast what's going to happen. I do think if even if Herbert changes his mind and he comes out, hey, you know, and what? he finishes well down the even season, better. that's a chance. They don't have to spend all those picks then. Yep, I do think what they're going to do though is they're going to say, offensive lineman, you don't always have to draft the best one to build a really good O line. You know, if you look at the Giants' offensive line of the 2000, you know, late 2000s and early 2010s, those offensive linemen were just very steady, very disciplined, and very solid. But none of them are Pro Bowlers. Chris Snee is not a Pro Bowler. David Deal is not a Pro Bowler. You know, um, Will Beatty was not a was not no, a Pro but Bowler. They were all, but they were all starters. They were a good they were unit, level. and that's the thing. Where if you pour some money into the offensive line, and, th- and the worst part about this is, is you can't say that it went un- unaddressed like last year. They they did spend the money on and a Nate Solder, a second round pick. and they spent a second round pick, and which is really like a first rounder from where they were drafting, and and they made the the acquisition of the former Jaguars right tackle. He's been terrible. He lost his starting job. You lost your center. So they have addressed it. It just hasn't worked. So what are you going to do? You know, Eric Flowers was a first round offensive lineman. How did that work? So it doesn't always constitute that it's going to work, but you got to find guys in free agency. You're going to look for offensive linemen, proven ones in trades, maybe, maybe buy low on a guy that has some talent, but has fallen out of love with who, whatever organizations he's with. And then rounds. If, if you're, if you have the opportunity to draft a Nick Bosa, I think you take him and then rounds, you know, two with all your other picks that you've accumulated, multiple picks in the third round, multiple picks in the fourth round, fifth round, offensive line, secondary, offensive line, secondary, and just slowly build up and hope that you can find another guy to plug in and have and count on as a every day, every down NFL player for years. Yeah, I mean, that's in a perfect world. And we've gone about 22 minutes talking about a team that is one in five. But it's everybody has one in six now. And that's yeah, the thing. Like, I don't want to do this every week. It's depressing. You're in tears. I'm not. <laughs> like, at all. <laughs> but, you know, like, who hasn't been? Like, every sport, every NFL storyline this week has been about the New York Giants on any platform. Yeah, there's really no. I mean, I mean you're, you have you're, to talk your boy about Lombardi, it. you know, led with it the other day. So, I mean, he's, and he's as you know, in the know as you can possibly get. Schefter, same thing. So it, it's a huge storyline because it's been so long that I can think of a team that's been this bad that thought they were going to be really good. 
It doesn't yeah. happen. It's, terrible NFL teams are terrible because they know they're going to be terrible and they're setting honestly, themselves up for the future. It's baffling. It's it's a real head scratcher because even to the everyday fan, if I took a person who's never watched football before and let them watch the Giants game from this past Monday, they'd be like, this team sucks. Yeah. Isn't the goal to, like, score and shit? They had zero, dude, they had zero points. And remember what I told you when we were making our picks last week? I said, I'm like, I'm so tired of this narrative of they're going to score because this defense sucks. Play the Giants, and your defense will look real good. They did cover. Zero points they in the first cover. half. Yeah, that was a terrible game. Why don't we go ahead and break down the game because – We'll have plenty of time to break down this Giants rebuild. I hope not too long. I hope we're not in our 40s by the time we're <laughs> talking about this rebuild coming to fruition. But we'll have a long off season to break down the Giants and probably every other week when they lose. So why don't we jump into the game? Matt Ryan came out slinging it. Um, and Julio Jones still has not scored a touchdown. I don't know what he did, where the bad karma is coming from, but it j- Matt Ryan is like scared to throw it to the best wide receiver in football, seemingly. Yeah, it's really in weird. The red zone, it's so. really weird. Like he he doesn't even get looked at. I mean, watching that game, red zone targets. I don't think he had any heading into the end zone. I mean, he was looking Calvin hasn't Ridley's. had any since like week two. I mean, he was he was targeting Calvin Ridley the whole time, and, and Ridley had a really nice game. Um, Julio had a good game as well. I, I, well, Julio always has a really good game, but he can't get in the end zone. It seems yeah. like he's finding Calvin Ridley as that guy who can create space in the, yeah. in the running red backs, zone and score. Running backs ran. Yeah, they had a really good game as well, even with um, Devontae Freeman being out. Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith played really well. I mean, come on. You ran all over the Giants. Great. This, off- this defense. Although there was a few. I, I can see what you're talking about because I haven't watched full Giants games as often as you. But... It seems like they're this uh, this defense that can get you into third down and long, third and eight plus. Oh, easily. And then they get the first down every time. And yeah. It's just so frustrating. They're, they're, they're going to be one of those teams that when you look at the end of the year statistics, now it might change now with two starters being traded, but and maybe you know another one or two before the trade deadline next Tuesday. But you look at it and say, this defense wasn't, wasn't terrible. It's middle of the pack. It doesn't give up a ton of points, but it's just back-breaking plays. You know, on on third and nine, after making two tremendous plays. It's one of those situations where the numbers just don't tell the story. You really have to watch the games. And, yeah, I mean, again, going back to the trades, Eli Apple, I mean, you said it yourself. Landon Collins went on a radio show and himself called him a cancer. Snacks is kind of on his way on the decline. He's going to be out of his prime soon. But guys like Evan Ingram, who you used the first-round pick on, Sterling Shepard, those guys are going to be really tough to let go for third- and fourth-rounders. They they should be, but remember, I, I think that now that it's proven that this rebuild is on, I think Gettleman, if the price is right and he understands what may— and it might not happen at the deadline. It might happen after the season or, at, or you know on draft day. But he's going to look and say, I didn't draft any of these guys, and I'm not tied to them, and I wish this would worked out, but— are they helping you score points right now? No, I, I agree with you, but at the same Ingram time... Ingram dropped another one this week, man. Another huge first down he dropped yeah. in his first game back. It's at like, the, come on. At the same time, these guys, you can't deny their talent. Either. No, of course not. It's like Shepard somebody, had a huge play down the down the field on like a 45-yard pass completion. Yeah, he's been great this season, he, honestly. He's, for, been, he's been a very he's, he's been a bright spot for the Giants offense this year on a, on a very anemic offense. Breaking down the end of the game, I don't know what the hell was going on. You had a timeout in your back pocket, and 
they I, I just didn't understand that last drive at all. Eli going for it twice, and he couldn't get it. Obviously, after the first time you go for it, you're going to be dead tired. You're not going to get it. And then he throws a, uh, a nice little fade route to Odell Beckham Jr., and he makes the catch. Literally makes it look easy like he didn't even care, keeping both of those feet inbounds on the back end zone line. And and then you go for two with no time left just for the to give the Falcons the ball to kneel it down. None of it made sense, but, again, this Giants – last two years has not made any semblance of sense yeah so. the, the fourth quarter like towards the end like within the last five minutes was just a clinic on what not to do and i he it, was getting the ball down the field though he had he two was. deep passes completed one to Shepard, one to i don't remember Beckham. but yeah, yeah Beck, and, Beckham and, called a 55 yarder yeah and yeah. that was more offense out of the giants vertically than i've seen in weeks oh in in years <laughs> i was gonna say possibly <laughs> um, years yes no no doubt um discarding a couple Odell slant plays that he breaks for 80 but yeah or Odell throwing the ball right yeah that was that was something too I wouldn't have mind seeing a little more creativity in the offense this week but a lot of people are going to talk about going for two when it's 20 to six right they score the touchdown and they go for two I understand and I've heard so many people smarter than me talk about that move and whether it was the right move or the wrong move that or this move or that. Matter, it doesn't see that's where my whole thing is because I'm so tired of analytics being seeped into every decision in every sport. And yeah. I get it. I, I'm all for the numbers if, if the if if years of data looking at a bunch of teams and throwing it into a computer and regurgitating a bunch of stats and percentages is the way of the new age sports, then that's fine. I'm not going to completely turn my nose to it. But I've watched enough football where I understand the right move there. You kick the extra point. It's now a seven-point seven game. Okay? 20 to 7, right? It's now 20. Or, uh, no, it's 20 to 13. It's now 20 to oh, 13. okay, yeah. Okay? If you want to go for the win, that's great the second time, but you got to score first. You're two scores down. Your defense has to hold them, and now you're one score down. Get get the offense of the Falcons off the field, which they did. You can create the big pass play. Awesome job. And now you're down 20-12, to 12, where now you need to score two to tie it. And then you're seeing this systematic breakdown once they get in the red zone again where it has just been a complete house of horrors for this team for the last few years. They can't score in the red zone. I don't know what it is. If Saquon Barkley, who might be the best leaper over the goal line that we've seen in a long time, he's done it several times already this year. Most of his touchdowns have been doing that. And Eli Manning is sneaking the ball twice? He did score the two-point conversion. I, I, Saquon. Saquon did, exactly. And it's just like... Who who is who is doing this? Is it Eli? Is it Shermer? Is I think it, it was definitely Eli because of the 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 quick pace of it, or at least the second time it was. Eli. It, it was just how quickly he got them to the line. He definitely ignored whatever was being. I said don't want to hear any of these things about how Shermer made the right call. Remember, here's the thing about analytics: they put together a bunch of data from every team over a certain amount of years. You watch this Giants offense. You feel good about them making two? Well, and analytics will tell you I that the Giants' defense is middle of the pack. Right. So it's a 12. There's that. They gain like a 12.6% chance of winning if they make that two-point conversion. And remember, UI did – it wasn't a great throw, but Beckham had it in both his hands and should have caught it. It didn't happen. Whatever. 
Now you're down 20 to 12. And I think that demoralizes the defense because now instead of it being a one touchdown game where all you have to do is go tie it with an extra point again, the defense now is like going out there. And it's like, fuck, we're down eight. So, wait, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me from just a casuals fan. Like you said, like you show just a common fan, like what's the right thing to do here is if you have options, you kick the extra point, right? Yeah, it's not like there's inclement weather, and this giant offense, you know, is not the 07 Patriots. They don't score in the red zone, so That's I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're doing right there. Very good observation. Yeah, so I don't know. It was just so many head scratchers. Well, um, we can talk about some more head scratchers. I'm not. I'm numb to it. Right, like I was watching the game, and I wasn't like throwing anything. I wasn't. I was just like, yeah, this this seems about right. It was just everything that can go wrong does. I was like listening to a podcast. I was like, yeah. Yeah, this this seems right. This is a good way to continue to win one game and get that number one overall pick. Hey, you'll take Might it. Might work out. All right, so let's move on to a team with, God, I hope, a little more bright lights and some some glimmer of hope, and that is the New York you Jets. You do have a twinkle in your eye, despite this loss. You you, you smile. <laughs> you're so happy about your I boys. told you I was all in on this season. I was disappointed in that loss. I was actually a little disappointed that my pick was right and that the Vikings covered, but... This is a this is a game that you expect. You expect the Jets to lose the the Minnesota now, Vikings can I ask you a question? by that much. Are you disappointed that they lost? Or are you disappointed the way they lost? Um, I mean, I'm just disappointed that they lost the way they lost. I knew it was going to be a back and forth game, and I knew this Vikings team can score in bunches. Adam Thielen, the guy is an, an animal. He's setting records all over the place. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, but. I, I was a little disappointed in the Darnold picks, but that comes with the territory. A rookie quarterback who, it's not like this guy threw zero picks in college and then he came out of nowhere and you're like, I've never seen him throw picks before. The guy threw a, had a lot of turnovers in college. He's a gunslinger. And if you go back and watch, there he's always trying to make a play, and that's the thing. And don't even bring up the weather to me because, listen, people move all over the country all the fucking time and they shovel snow and whatever else you want to say about us ordinary people and you fucking keep on trucking all right he'll get used to it i know he's from california born and raised and he played in the pac-12 and he's used to playing in warm weather he's a big boy he'll figure it out he didn't play well because so he's gone off- from your baby boy to a big boy he's in a, a couple he's of weeks man. he's grown up <laughs> all right he, the reason why this team lost was not because it was 45 degrees and that sam darnold had a little bit of a chill and they forgot to put his long sleeves on for him and he forgot to take a cough drop at halftime the reason why they lost is because they have a terrible offensive line they are decimated at the skill positions but Bilal Powell may have career ending uh, neck issues that's a rough deal definitely season ending you have uh, Jermaine Curse is pretty much your only wide receiver they just cut Terrell Pryor Robbie Anderson is is a shell of himself this season and Anunwa was out so every single skill player is out for this guy and you know what and like you said a little bit earlier when the starters are off the field and you start playing with second team guys that should not be playing that long that are fringe NFL players it makes it really difficult for you to win games yeah it does and and you gotta remember this guy for he could be a senior in college I'm not worried about so it. And it's that's, not, I'm not and disappointed about like, how they lost. I, listen, this team is not going to make the playoffs as currently constituted. It was. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to be them to watch them be competitive, and it's fun to have a quarterback that you can actually root for and watch him grow. But I mean, come on, this team doesn't have any players that they need to make the playoffs. I don't want them going out now that they're short at running back. Although Elijah McGuire is coming off IR, as Bilal Pal is going on to it, which is. 
It sucks for Bilal Powell, but it, it's convenient for the Jets. I don't want to see them go out and get a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Oh, I don't think they will. No, I, I don't. I don't assume so either. But remember, you're scarce at draft picks too, so you gotta be careful. Yeah, a- absolutely. So, listen. I expected them to lose this game, and I expected the Vikings to cover. The Vikings, in my opinion, are a top-five NFL team when fully rounded into form, and exactly that happened. The only thing I was disappointed in was Sam Darnold's decision-making. He threw a pick into double coverage, which seems to be um, like an every-other-week thing for him. But they just went out and got a guy in Rashad Matthews who was not cut because of talent in Tennessee. This guy's a really good player. He's just always hurt, and he started to get into a little dispute with the Titans and actually requested to be traded. Whether that's good or not, we'll find out. But I'm, I'm, that's the only thing I was disappointed in seeing was some of Sam Darnold's decision-making, but that comes with time. That's all I take away from this game. And the Vikings are good, even with Dalvin Cook being out until probably week 11. Yeah, I mean, obviously you know that I picked the Vikings as my NFC representative in the Super Bowl, so I expect them to be really good as well. I would say the only thing that I was a little disappointed in from the Jets' perspective was I was hoping for their sake that the game would be close and they'd lose in the end, kind of like how they did last year against the Falcons and the Panthers when they're just not as good of a team. You know, they were riding such a high from those previous two weeks at home. They played so well against the Broncos. The offense was tremendous against the against the Colts, and I know the Colts' defense is really bad. And when healthy and went on point, that you know Zimmer defense is, yeah. is great. I, I would have liked the game to be a little closer than it was. But you also have to keep in mind, not only are they missing all those skill guys and the guys oh, I no, mentioned of course. On, the def- on the offense, they're also lis- missing Marcus May, who is a starting really good listen, safety, and Tremaine Johnson, who's a Pro Bowl cornerback. Listen, they were totally beat up, and they have been for weeks. And I'm not making excuses no, for no, the no, guys. But it's, it's just that's why they lost. Yeah, you, you lost to a vastly superior team. Yep. But... I would have I think, you know, if it was thirty seven to twenty seven I would have felt a little bit better. You know, if Darnold was able to put the ball in the end zone a couple more times, that would have been good. He didn't look good throwing the football. I, he had a couple of drops, you know, certainly not his fault that were terrible. That was probably his worst game. Yeah. And the Dolphins game. Yeah, and the Jaguar game was rough too. But you know, like he's a young quarterback, he's going through the motions. I, I still don't know how if you as as a Jet fan you could not feel good about him. It just felt like one of those games where I think fans understand the situation they're in, and if they, you just wanted to see that it wasn't, you know, this the quote unquote same old Jets where there's some hype behind this game. They could go out really play well even in a loss, and they weren't able to do that. That game was never really close. But you know, you move on from it on a team that's not going to be a playoff team. You're going to Chicago this week against Mitchell Trubisky. You like to think you might have a chance, although he's been playing well lately. We'll get into them later. Who knows? I mean, this Jet team all banged up, lots of issues on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. That you expect them to lose to the Vikings. I would just say I was hoping that it would be a little bit closer, especially what they had done the previous two weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. The score didn't really matter to me, but your point about Darnold and just showing a little more confidence and whatnot would have been nice. But, yeah, you turn the page and you move on to the next week. Yeah, that's all you can do. Absolutely. So why don't we move on to some of the AFC games? We'll lead it off with the Kansas City Chiefs doing whatever they wanted to the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's a Cincinnati offense. I mean, listen, they have a really good defense, or at least we thought they did. That's a re- that's an offense with Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, and Andy Dalton leading them out there that has been pretty good this season. And I think this is more of a testament to Kansas City's defense rounding into form. 
I don't think they're ever going to be a top 10 defense this year in the NFL, but their corners played pretty well, and I, I just think that team looked a little bit better on defense. Do you chalk that up, though, to they're getting better on defense, or is that more of just that's going to be one of those Andy Dalton games where he just doesn't play well, and, I and think, from the start, he doesn't have I it? I mean, they won, what was the score, like 45-10 to 10 or something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a bloodbath. It, yeah, and I think that you have to give a little bit of props to the defense because Andy Dalton's terrible, but he's not Eli Manning out there. So, I mean, I'm just going to keep going. Um, I, I think that – I just think that that defense is getting a little bit better. And, and like I said, they're not going to be a top-10 defense, but I, they're not that terrible. They're not as bad as we, say, we were saying where it was just like, oh, just score 50 points when the, and the other team only has to score 48. I think that this defense can hold teams and it's going to be a little bit better rounding into playoff form. But let's look at the side of the ball that really won this team the game, and that was the offense who did whatever they wanted. Travis Kelsey had a great game. Tyreek Hill had a great game. And Kareem Hunt had an all-time game. He was just an absolute savage out there. You remember the and first, of course Mahomes. Remember the first like two weeks where Kelsey didn't score and Mahomes wasn't getting him the ball nearly as much as Alex Smith was, and you're like, oh, this would be such a great story if he could get his Pro Bowl tight end the ball more. Yeah, apparently he figured that out quite quickly. Yeah, that was pretty easy for him. Uh, yeah, it, not difficult. Uh, the weapons they have is ridiculous. Mahomes, just another game for him, 358 with four touchdowns and a pick. He's incredible. And, and again, you know, you say the Chiefs defense might be rounding into form. The Bengal defense is solid. They got players. I know Vontez Perfect was, wasn't playing, but no, that, he played. Oh, did he play? Oh, that's right. He only he only paid the fine, right? He didn't have the he didn't get he didn't suspended. Have the suspension yeah, so, shockingly, which is amazing. Whenever he gets in the news, I just assume he's not playing. But I mean, they they have been playing well this year, and, and that's just a game to me where. I think they'll get back on track. You're playing the hottest quarterback in the league right now. Top three team in the NFL. Yeah, and possibly the MVP. Yeah. With the amount of talent and weapons that he has at his that at his disposal on offense, in Arrowhead, that's a tough position to be in. And to me, it seemed like the offense was just flat. I'll get I'll get on that Kansas City defense bandwagon after I see a couple more performances. To me, watching some of that game. I just saw a quarterback in an offense that could not get into rhythm. And once it started to snowball, you know, it turned into an avalanche, and they just got out of there and said, we'll let this one go, and then turn the page and head on to next week. Kansas City is just ridiculous. All right, so let's move on to the next game. Another seemingly top team in the NFL, the Patriots. Crazy game. Eek by on the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky has been playing out of his – not out of any quarterback's mind, but out of his mind. You heard lately. what you said about him. Him and Patricia, they're out to get you. Yeah, those, <laughs> they're doing a lot better. But, um, I mean, this game went down to the wire, and the last play was a Hail Mary that was, what, three yards short? A yard. He caught it the one. Yeah. Well, he caught it at the three and then turned, and he got stuffed at the one. Yeah. And a game that Brady only threw one touchdown. Tell you what, if the Two Jets special teams If the Jets and the Giants were playing the Bears that week and it's not the Patriots, he would have scored. Come on. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Just <laughs> just by the jerseys. If he just changed the jerseys, the players could be the same. He still would have scored. Yeah, obviously. Because that's the New England Patriots. That's right. the Boston Red Sox. But that's the Boston Celtics. All right. Well, we're not gushing about New England sports anymore. I, I was sick to my stomach. I'm upset about it, too. Talking about it last on Monday. Um, the Red have, Sox take a commanding 1-0 lead. Yeah, I'm so sick and tired of this. But, uh, but no, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, that is what winning teams do. They're disciplined. They're ready to make that play. I can't believe they gave up that pass. But to have the wherewithal to just put up a, an iron fence around him and, and not let him in the end zone was pretty amazing. Takeaways from that game, 
Brady only threw one touchdown, and he had an okay game by his standards. Gronk was out. Gronk was out, so that's a big weapon taken away. Now Sony Michelle is going to be put on the IR. He's out for a long time, possibly the rest of the season. But James White had a score, two touchdowns on special teams, a kick return and a blocked punt return for a touchdown. Fundamentally on all sides of the ball, man, you know, when one's not working, you know, the defense was giving up a lot of big plays to Mitchell Trubisky. The offense was trying to find its way the whole game. But, again, you know, you just see the Patriots find another way to win games. Special teams was on point, took advantage of the Bears game. If I'm one of the Bears, though, I I feel quite encouraged. Remember, you have a really bad taste in your mouth from that Miami game that you absolutely should have won, not could have, should have won. And you come home, and you're playing Belichick, who you expect to embarrass a guy like Trubisky. Trubisky was throwing the ball all over the place. He did miss some throws. He did miss some plays that, you know, a better quarterback probably makes. But I'm not going to complain about his stats or or about the performance he had. That's a good game. That was a good game. Just to give you an injury update on Sony Michelle, he is not. I don't think he's going to go to the IR. He's actually week to week. There's no structural damage to his knee. Oh, that so. must have changed then because in, immediately they had said that there's a possibility he's out for the year. Yeah, the injury looked really bad. Yeah. But lucky for him and lucky for the Patriots, it is a week to week injury. He may miss one to two weeks, but it doesn't look like it's going to well, be Well, they got the Bills this coming week, which is essentially a bye week, so you can yeah. let that one go. And Kenyon Barner will probably go for 500 yards. Would you expect anything else? No, not at all. But yeah, it definitely, definitely, um, and there's no moral victories in sports. There's no moral victories in life, but definitely a good game for the Bears, and definitely a lot of positives to take away for them. Uh, moving on to the next game. It doesn't feel like it, man. It really doesn't. But the Texans have won four in a row. Can you believe that? And they beat my guy, the Jacksonville Jaguars, another sperm bank pick of the week, not cashed. Blake Bortles, 20-7. to That's the two weeks in a row for you that they've done this to you, isn't it? Didn't, didn't you have them against Dallas? Yeah, they that's fucked an, me. That's an empty sperm bank. They fucked me, but no, I'm not going to say it. Whatever. Let's just move on. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, no, that was. Uh, it does not. To answer your question, whether it was rhetorical or guided to me, I have no. I have no idea that the that the Texans have won four in a row because they've done it in about the least impressive way they could do it. If it wasn't for the excellent quote unquote sarcastic uh, game game managing of Jason Garrett, they probably don't win that Sunday night game against Dallas. They squeak by because Nathan Peterman throws a pick six on, in a day where the Texan offense just could not have looked worse. They were right up there with the Giants for terrible performances. And then they squeaked by with this one. I mean, And they're looking at first place in their division. It, it, the AFC South is so bad. What I take away from this game, and I think it's the obvious, it's not even so much that the Texans have, are now in first place and have won four in a row. Blake Bortles got benched, and there is a little bit of a mutiny going on in that locker room. Jalen Ramsey Jacksonville? did anything... I mean that's been speculated for a while. It I don't. Happen. It's not going to happen. Maybe last year, but he's been he's been believe it or not worse this year than last year. So there's no way it happens. I was right about the Jaguars' defense. What can I say? Another pat on the back for me. I knew that this wasn't going to be able to sustain itself. I mean, it, it hasn't been good, but I think they're demoralized by the fact of how bad their offense is. No, and Blake Bortles plays great when he can get them to a lead. It's just he can never get them to a lead. No, he can't. I mean, when you get benched on the heels of been of you know getting the organization's blessing of a three-year extension, 
I mean, that's giant esque. Like that's but, uh, as far as as far as evaluating personnel. But sir, but sir Blake Bortles is back in London this week. He is an honorary sir. He, he is. He is knighted by the Queen, and this is basically the London Jaguars. So hopefully it they might can get soon be too. Around. I'm pretty yeah. sure that this is going to happen within the next couple of years. But I, I'm I'm shocked by how bad that they by how bad he's been. Like he. He has been bad in his career, but he has shown flashes, especially in that playoff run. Yeah, you know, I, I, he can make throws. He, he can rally that team. I mean, but he, now, now earlier, there's a mutiny. Dude, earlier in the season, didn't he throw for like 400 yards against the Patriots? He had a couple games. The Patriot game for sure. He had a couple games. He looked really good against the Jet defense. And what was that, week three or four? Um, but he, when you the the thing for me with defenses and I've seen it enough especially with the Giants defense of last year and this year and a bunch of other teams too with bad quarterback play you look at the Bills it's so hard to gauge a defense because you can only play so hard for so long and knowing that your offense is just ha- doesn't have the ability to let alone score but even you know move the ball past midfield or generate a first down or two on a drive I mean that's just crippling, and, and and it's so hard to get those guys, gal, you know, galvanized to go out there and put on their best performance when you're out there the entire game. Yeah. So I, if they had a better quarterback, I mean, right now, like you said, Sir Blake Bortles, this is where he usually plays great. Get him out to London, and if he doesn't play well, maybe they'll keep him out there. Yeah, maybe they'll just cancel his plane but, ticket but back. Props to, but props to the Texans now, four in a row. Whether it's you know whether they're doing it in a glamorous way or an ugly way, wins four win. wins of for four wins. Absolutely. So moving on to the next game, another really good team lately, and Speaking people of are London. shitting on them. Uh, the Chargers squeak by twenty to nineteen in London over the Tennessee Titans. Thank you for the backdoor cover, Tennessee Titans. And thank you, Mike. Vrabel. How do you feel about Vrabel going for two there? I like that one. So oh, I, yeah, me I, I, too. Didn't, I didn't like the Shermer one, but you know what? He apparently had said it came out that he said to his team, we didn't come all the way here to tie a fucking game. And I like that. You know what? This team's trying to keep pace. If they, if they get it, you know, that could be something that builds momentum. And if they don't, you're not going to lose anybody in the locker room because you went for the win. And with the amount of overtime games we've had this year and ties even, you don't want to go to London to play an overtime game and lose knowing that you, you could have made the play to win. That is a situation where you can go for two. And I applaud That's a situation that it. makes sense. Yeah, I applaud two. it. He didn't get it, and that's okay. But, you know, he's going to inspire the his guys in his locker room saying, we went for a fucking win. I trusted you guys, and, and we just came up a little bit short. What would you take away from it? Um, I, I just think that the Chargers are better than this. I think that they should have won that game by at least a touchdown, but crazy things happen in London, and I think the Chargers are one of the best team, teams in the NFL. They've done a really good job winning games, and I guess you would call it treading water, water until their guy Joey Bosa can come back. They've only lost two games so far this season, and that is to the L.A. Rams, who are, of course, what, 7-0? and yeah, they're seven and zero. And the Kansas City Chiefs, who have unless they had a bye, either way they're undefeated. Yeah, the, and who, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who have the MVP on their team and one of the best offenses. So if you only lose to probably the number one and the number two team in the league, you're still a pretty good team. And their schedule weakens a little bit. I think they probably have the Rams one more time, or maybe the Chiefs one more time. But aside yeah, from it won't that, won't be the Rams. This team can coast into hopefully a wild card spot. And that's that's pretty much that. They'll I have to go to Arrowhead and play the Chiefs at some point down the line because yeah. they've got they got them week one. Um, this should not have been a one point game, but again, we just said it before: a win's a win. 
get back to the States with a win, and hopefully they can figure it out. They're on a bye week this week, so hopefully they can get Melvin Gordon healthy, who did not play in this game. I guess he got cramped up going over on the flight. What a waste of time for the guy. Go all the way yeah, to London sucks. and then not play. Well, maybe he got some sightseeing in yeah, there. I'm sure what I'll say about it, the Chargers is don't you feel like they're kind of like the Michigan of the NFL where it's like they lost early and it turns out that the teams they lost to are just so good, but nobody's yeah. really giving them that much credit because the games they have won, you know, they squeak by with a win like this. But then you turn your page and it's like, you know, Michigan's now ranked in the top five and, and, San, and the Los Angeles Chargers are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, but the difference is is nobody has to have an opinion on the Chargers as long as they keep winning, they're going to the playoffs. So. Truth. That uh, that doesn't matter for them, but when they get Bosa back, I think this team is going to be. A just comparing it kind of feels. No, the I same. agree with you. I agree with you. I was just saying the benefit for the Chargers. All right, so let's move on to the last game of the AFC, and I mean, what do we have to say about this one? The Colts beat up on a guy who hasn't played since Lord knows how long ago, and Derek Anderson and the Buffalo Bills, thirty-seven to five. Interesting score. Five points. They got five points, which is about five more than I was expecting from Derek Anderson. Amazingly, he's starting again in mon- on Monday well, night against it, the Patriots. I mean, listen, you, if you spend a first-round draft pick on a guy in Josh Allen, you want to make sure that he's healthy, and you're not going to start Nate Peterman, so who are you going to start? It's Terry Bradshaw? You going to pull him out of the booth, Sean? You know what? Actually, I would take my chances with Terry Bradshaw over, over Derek Anderson. Listen, I'm sure there's 15 Alabama quarterbacks that had a cup of coffee in the <laughs> NFL that they could have had. Greg McElroy, maybe, oh, maybe Brady Quinn could play. Maybe. There you yeah. go. Yep. How about Jake Coker? He won the national championship game. True. And they already had um, A.J. McCarron on the team, and he broke his collarbone, and they traded him to somewhere. It's amazing. Somewhere. Yeah, get rid of Tyrod Taylor. He's not good enough. He only took us to a playoff game for the first time in 25 years. Oh, you know, A.J. McCarron we really like, but eh, he's hurt right now, and uh, we'll send him out. We like Nate Peterman better. I hope they just cut Nathan Peterman. Listen, he's a punching bag because of how bad he is. But you gotta feel for the guy. If you're losing your starting, if you're losing the backup job to a guy who hasn't played a game since 2010, listen, it's time. It's time that they just put him out of his misery and cut him. And his career can end. Maybe he can go do a podcast. Maybe he can, you know, go coach a high school team. You feel bad for a guy like that because honestly, it's like what position have they put him in where he can do anything? So. Patriots at Bills this week with Derek Anderson after scoring five points. Tom, I hope you have a sperm bank pick of the week ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) That is a 14-point spread. I am not sure about that one. But looking at the other side of the football, Andrew Luck seemingly gets better every single week. He's making a lot of big-time throws, rounding into form. And that's really all I can take away from this game because if you don't beat the Bills, then we'd be talking about you a lot more than we are right now. But Andrew Luck looks really good. so weird that the Vikings lost to the Bills. It's like that just doesn't make any sense. Shit like that happens every year. It does, but it's just you see performances like this and you can't believe it. Yeah, absolutely. But now to our final, final AFC game. I forgot about this one because it feels like a year ago. And why do we really have to talk about it? The Broncos beat up on the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football, 45-10. to 10. All I'll say is Josh Rosen looked really bad in that game. He looked terrible, and I think this is just a top three draft pick bad team. Patrick Peterson wants out. Yeah, he wants to leave. Um, maybe we'll hear some David Johnson talk, although that guy is a big-time contract. Um 
that's just a top three team losing to a top ten draft pick team. One team is just a little bit shittier than the other. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and that was a showing out for for the Broncos. I mean, they did everything that they wanted I to do. I hope those Broncos fans enjoyed it because that's pretty much all you're going to have this yeah, year. Yeah, it's been a tough year for them. They've lost some winnable games against good competition. The Chiefs game and the Rams games, you know, kind of, you know, come come to mind when it comes to that. But they're not a great team. They got blitzed by the Jets. You know, they. They've had some issues, but what better way to feel good about yourself and build some confidence than go out to Arizona? Yeah, that's true. They should be a confidence builder for every single team. Moving on to the NFC, the Rams continue their undefeated streak for this season, 39-10 to at the Niners. I thought this game was going to be a little bit closer, I did personally. too. I, I thought C.J. Beathard looked really good against uh, the Green Bay Packers. Probably because it was the Green Bay Packers. True, but... I mean, listen. This Rams team's great. Their their front um their front line on defense really seems to be rounding into form. Their secondary is still a little shaky with Talib being out until what week ten maybe, and Marcus Peters being hurt. But what does it really matter when you're playing the Niners and you have Todd Gurley on your team? I mean, is he second year in a row MVP? I mean, it's him and Mahomes. Yeah, I mean he's he's about as valuable. I think he was offensive player of the year, but that's basically so, those awards are so stupid. It's all yeah, the same he, to me. He's incredible, man. And, and then you know he just opens everything up for Jared Goff. He and runs even though like he's, he's got, shot out of a cannon though, every time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But he's so patient that he hits the hole every time as well. And he's it's got insane. a great line blocking for him that create those holes that he can just you know push through better than any running back in the league. Remember way back when when he sold an autograph for like two hundred bucks and they. Kicked him out of the league. How stupid that was! He came from uh, college running, football. Came from running back. You, Univer- yep. yeah, Very University true. of Georgia. Man, they just they just pump out running backs. But um, you know, to to finish up there, you got some injuries on the offensive side of the ball with concussions. Cooper Cooks, Cup is, and Cooks, Cooks is always a concussion issue in. And, I mean, he had that concussion earlier last year in the Super Bowl, and then he had another concussion two weeks ago. Cooper Cup isn't really a concussion thing. He's out for a couple weeks because he had that really scary injury where his where when he was tackled, his body was going one way and his leg was going the other way. Um, I believe it was initially diagnosed as an ankle, but I think it's been changed once they found out what actually hurt him. And he said what hurt and said all these stupid-ass speculators that it's a knee injury. Just a sprained knee. There's no structural damage, so he should be back within a couple weeks. But. Yeah, okay, and, and so so that's good. Get him some rest. And the other thing with this Rams team is, remember the last couple weeks they played some games that we didn't necessarily think would be that close, but they were really close. The Seahawks game in Seattle, the Denver game in Trust Denver. Trust me, I know. They were a sperm bank pick a couple Yeah, so back. you're well-versed. Um, anytime I can bring those back up, I'm happy to. Uh, but, you know, they had a chance to get right against a division opponent and – what better way than against the Niners? That team's going to be drafting in the top five um, and actually might be a good spot for them because they already have their franchise quarterback who just needs to get healthy. Absolutely. So let's move on to the next one. Drew Brees has officially beaten every single team in the NFL along with, who is it, Peyton Manning and Brett No, Favre? no, no. He is the only team to beat every team. Player to beat every team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, Peyton and Favre. You're right. Yep, yep. Peyton and Favre have done that as well, but... Just another thing to check off on his Hall of Fame uh, stats for his career. They barely won 23-24 to over the Ravens, and I believe they won because Justin Tucker, who has been in the league, what, like eight years now, something like that? It's been a while. Never missed an extra point. He missed an extra point 222 of 222. 
before that kick. That's crazy. I mean, listen, you know it's going to happen at some point. I'm sure they shouldn't, you know, you're not going to be worried about him getting cut or anything crazy like that. But that's just the way it goes. Uh, this game was a lot closer than I thought it would be. I thought the Saints would pull away, but this Ravens defense is for real. Only giving up 24 points to that electric offense in the New Orleans Saints is something to be said. And, I mean, Joe Flacco is having a pretty good year by his standards recently. He's doing enough. He, he's had some big games, and he's had some games where he's done enough to let that defense take over and, and you know play with a lead. He hasn't made the big mistakes this year, which has been, which has been very important for him. Yeah, and he's one of the best quarterbacks ever at just drawing a pass interference as well. Yeah, that helped. Under I mean, well, throwing he, the receiver to come back sl- to it. He can sling it, and it goes just far enough where the wide receiver has to turn back and run and the, right into the DB. Yep. That's it. Hey, that's that's flag football kind of, but get it done. Yeah, whatever gets it done. All right, moving on to the next one. The Buccaneers kick a field goal. was a deep one, too, in overtime it's to beat. It's a 56-yarder. Yeah, to beat your Cleveland Browns. My Cleveland Browns. That's right. Yes. Officially on their bandwagon. Um. Hopped off Eli right onto the Browns. Right onto Baker. You are a winner, bro. You are a winner. Yep. Yeah. Who do you root for again? <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it, that was a fun game. That was a fun game. And uh, the Buccaneers, I mean, you look at the Browns. Dude, you can make such a good case. And this was an overtime. This was their third overtime game. They they could easily have tied again. Yeah, I, but they also could have easily won. I mean, or this, lost, or lost. This team is—they're playing close they're games. So they're right the on the cusp. They're you know right what they there. need? You know what they need to win games? A head coach. But let's move on to the next game. Maybe they can find one one day. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Well, they should probably stop re-signing a guy that's only won what two games in how many years or however many he's got now. But let's move on to the next game with another one of my. Those are two big wins. You take that <laughs> back. <laughs> let's move on to another one of my favorite head coaches. The Lions are playing well. I might have been wrong about this guy, Matt Patricia. Hey, listen, they've they've won some games that you didn't necessarily think they had a chance, especially after that ugly, ugly performance week one at home. Matt Patricia era could not have started off worse. But, yeah, I mean, that team's not bad. I told you before the season, they don't do anything incredible. They're, They're too good at the quarterback position offensively, and they have players on defense, especially now adding Snacks Harrison where they're not going to be a terrible team. And I tell you what, they've been drafting running backs forever. Javad Best, you know, all on down the line, and it seems like they just can't find anybody. Well, they did. Well, it looks like on Johnson might be that guy, the rookie out of Auburn. He fits that offense really well. He's giving them an extra dimension where Stafford doesn't have to throw the ball 90 times a game. And they went into Miami and won. I mean, listen, Brock Osweiler was starting that game. But Brock he Osweiler regressed really, to the mean. Yeah, he went back to Brock Osweiler. Now, remember, he that, that Bears game, he, he played really well. You can't take anything away from him. Were the Bears defense prepared for him? You know, Khalil Mack's been dealing with injuries. Who knows? But all I know is that you should never let Brock Osweiler be the reason that you lose. And good for Matt Patricia drawing up a defense that, that was able to stop him, Stafford, and the, and on Johnson put up points. Good win for the Lions. They're keeping a little bit of pace in that NFC North and definitely positioning themselves for a wild card. Yeah, they could definitely sneak into that wild card. I don't know about the division, but, hey, they're, they're, up, they're in it with the rest of the teams, which is more than they can say usually. So moving on to our next game, this is an NFC East showdown. Remember when we said that the Redskins were going to be the worst team in the division? 
in our preview? Yes. Uh, I was wrong. We and were both wrong, and we just don't know shit. They beat the Cowboys 20-17 to 17 this four and game. 4-2 now. Yes, they are 4-2. and two. They have a stranglehold on the division. I still think the Eagles are going to take this one in the long run, win that division. The Eagles might be like your cubbies. Like, you just keep waiting for them, waiting for them, waiting for them, and they yeah. just don't come back. Uh, Who knows? We will wouldn't find break out. my heart. Um, no, it definitely wouldn't break your heart. I don't really care, but I hope they make it just for me to be right. But let's break down this game. So I chalked this one up to bad coaching. Really? Yeah. Jason Garrett? You shocked? Bad coaching? Future Princeton head coach Jason Garrett, bad coach. He's getting another game closer to that Ivy League sideline. Uh, no, I'm not surprised. And you can chalk basically every Cowboy game up. The Clapper. Yeah, the clapper. Pretty much all he's good for is clapping on the sidelines. But, yeah, this game was just bad coaching. The Cowboys had plenty of opportunities to win this game. That is reflected in the 20-17 to score. Let's move on to the next one. The Panthers come back from a huge deficit, 21 points unanswered in the fourth quarter, to beat uh, the said Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. What a comeback by Cam. And, honestly, he's known for that. He is, but he made plays that he didn't make the week before in Washington. You know, they were in that game, and they were driving ready to— He drove the ball down the field, which he hasn't been doing all season. Right. I mean, he—but he had opportunities in that Redskins game where he should have won that game. Oh, He just missed throws. He didn't miss those throws in this game. What is it with the Eagles? Like, did they just get complacent and decide that they weren't going to play? Like, they were just going to play prevent defense against Cam Newton? Well, their kicker was terrible in this game. and But you can't give up a 17-point lead at home in the fourth quarter. I think after you give up 14, then it's like, all right, we, we got to figure something out here. It, it was but bad. But when Cam is rolling like that, and him more than any other quarterback in the league, just because of the threat to not only run but run over you, right. there's really not much you can do. No, but that Eagle defense is definitely better than the way it's played. And I know they, they killed the Giants, whose well, offense they just is lost, awful. They just lost a key player to, uh, I think it was a bicep tear or a tendon tear in his arm for the season. So cannot he's lose, Cannot lose games like that. You're the defending oh, Super Bowl you, champions. You know, good teams, playoff teams, defending championship teams do not lose games like that. That could be a loss where you look back, and especially if the Redskins, who have the Giants this week, they're five and two, and the Eagles. You know they might they might play well and win some games, but this is a game you're going to look back and say that was a game we had to win, and this is going to cost us the division. Just I, thinking, I, I don't I, trust the Redskins. I'm totally, in agreement with you if they were in any other division, but I think that how about they the AFC can, South. Well, that too. Yeah, the, one of those two divisions. I think you can get away with losses like this. You're still not. You're basically at the halfway point of the season where you can kind of coast and still make the playoffs just you because of so. how We're bad the division is. We're almost at the halfway is. point. And, and that's the thing is I was looking at the Redskins' schedule coming up. I mean, they still get the Giants twice. And there's a lot of winnable games. And Alex Smith, you know, you say what you want about him. He's not going to make the, the Kirk Cousins terrible interceptions at the worst point. You know, throw. I know. I love Kirk. But that's what the Redskins fans are saying. You know, you get us a guy that in games – you know, Alex Smith isn't going to make the big plays that Kirk Cousins used to make, but he also no. probably won't put them in a position where and you Alex lose Smith, the game on a terrible pick. Alex Smith is officially back to his first years in Kansas City and his years in San Francisco where he is check down Charlie, game manager, quarterback. It's working for him. They're no, absolutely. Two. I agree with you, but 
it would be nice to see the guy drive the ball down the field a little bit like he did in the in the last season with Andy Reid. Don't have he to if, if Adrian Peterson's turning back the clock. Another huge game for him. I agree with you, but you're going to be playing teams with much better defenses than the Carolina Panthers and others, and he will have to drive the ball Listen, down the field. Listen, I'm not predicting them to win the Super Bowl. No, all not I'm at saying all, is, even is the with playoffs. the schedule that they have coming up, and the way that they've been playing and some of these bad losses, choke jobs by the Eagles and Cowboys, I'm pretty sure that they, they've got the easiest path to win this division. I don't know how it'll, how it'll hold up, but if Smith just doesn't make bad turnovers, he makes enough plays to win, Adrian Peterson plays well, and that defensive front four is really good, they, they might be the team. You're right, and I think you would rather that than the Cowboys or the Eagles. Yes, as absolutely. The most palatable to see another team win is definitely the Redskins. Get the Eagles out of here and definitely get the Cowboys out of here. Done with that. Although they have the worst owner probably in football. Um, <laughs> most, if it wasn't for Woody Johnson and, and um, James Dolan James Dolan in, in New York with my teams, of course, he would be the worst uh, and owner And you said in I was a loser team, yeah. But, all right, fuck you. Let's move on. Um, we are going to recap our picks from last week, so let's go over yours first. You were 2-2. Two and two. You went with Denver. Nice pick. They blew out the Arizona Cardinals. They were favored by 2.5. They easily covered that spread. Indianapolis Colts, again, blew out the Buffalo Bills. They were favored by 6.5. Don't remember the score, but it was definitely more than 6.5 points. It was like 43-5. to five. This one you were wrong on, the Minnesota Vikings favored by three at the New York Jets. Gave your Jets a—I went three yeah. weeks in a row with them. This one, I just don't think the Jets were, were good enough or far along enough in their development of Sam I wanted Arnold to see to it, though. One. I know. You're rooting for it, and I appreciate that. No problem. But, I have so little. <laughs> yes, you definitely do. But why don't we go on to the last game? Um, this one you were wrong about, and this one hurts. This one hurts all around. It's just a double whammy. Yeah. Um, so you they had run Atlanta- me over and then back up to run me over again. Yeah. That's what happened. You had the Atlanta Falcons minus six at home. And not only do the Giants lose that game because what the hell were they doing in the fourth quarter? Well, what the hell were they doing all, all year? Last three, last three years. Get on much. with the analysis. But they backed our cover as well Fuckers. on that touchdown. by Unbelievable. Um, by Odell Beckham. So that puts you at two and two on the week. We'll go back over my picks. I am at three and one, by the way. Um, Congratulations. I had the Tennessee Titans with a backdoor cover in London, plus six and a half against the Chargers. Minnesota Vikings. Sir Tom Bacino with that one. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings plus uh, minus three. They beat the Jets. Uh, the Giants, I had them covering. They did do a backdoor cover, and my one pick that was wrong. Spurman pick of the week, Jacksonville Jaguars. So you're, you're, you're screwed. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I think somebody performed surgery on me, and I didn't even know about <laughs> it. All right, so why don't we get into our picks for this week coming up because we already went over the league news and pretty much everything that's going on. Steelers are going into a bye week, so we don't have to do our weekly Le'Veon Bell talk. Nice to talk about Amari Cooper the other day, too. It definitely was. We'll see how that goes. Cowboys are in a bye this week, so he can definitely integrate into that offense. I think he'll be a little bit better than what he was in Oakland because they weren't really using him that well. But is he going to go back to a 1,000-yard season? No. Two things from this, actually three. One, does he build a rapport with Dak that makes the Cowboys think Dak actually is their franchise guy? Dak is a very accurate downfield thrower, believe it or not. I was looking at some numbers. Yeah. Two, what's now the market for other trade chips? Because Amari Cooper for a first-round pick is ridiculous. And three, how do the Raiders fire sale, how far does it go? 
is it Derek Carr like you proposed earlier? And if so, when is it in the season? I mean, you were saying after this, the season, you were saying this well before the this fire sale when or initially when Khalil that was Mack purely was traded, speculative. You were just saying, hey, does Derek Carr even make it to Vegas? Does Derek Carr even make it to next season when they're in no man's land? And who knows where they're playing? I don't know. It just seems though that there's. You know, Bleacher Report articles coming out by very credible sources, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, that the relationship between Carr and the players is fractured. But then you're getting other ones where it's saying, you know, players in the locker room don't understand what Gruden's doing and they're, they're not happy about it. It's just a total mess out there. It makes me feel just a tiny bit better about what's going on with my with my Giants. But I don't know what's going to happen from this trade and, and the fallout from it with other players involved, with both organizations. A lot's going to be have to said for it, you know, in the Cowboys' final eight games. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to wait and see. I hope for your sake that somehow John Gruden does something again really stupid and the Giants can steal Getting him. a first-rounder for, for Amari Cooper, though, is great. He has to make the pick. We know that. But just getting a first-rounder yeah. for him. Getting equal value, seemingly. That is pretty good. That yeah. is pretty good. Absolutely. So why don't we move on to our picks for this week? This is week eight, so we're halfway through, man. I know you can't wait for it to be over at this point, but uh, we the are giant season through. for sure. But I, you know, I love talking football and watching the other games. Of Red course. zone is a priority. Red zone's your friend. The Giants game doesn't have to be on. I can see whatever low lights. Well, they're, they're definitely are. never in the red zone. So. <laughs> Good one. Um, all right, so why don't we preview the New York Jets first? They are at Chicago. Chicago is a seven-point favorite. I'm taking the Chicago Bears on this one. After what they showed me against the New England Patriots, uh, this team I've already gone over when we talked about the Jets game, just completely decimated on both sides of the ball by injury. And Mitchell Trubisky is playing really well of late. I think that this team definitely wins by seven points or more. I like the Bears too. I, I think the Jets play a little bit better this week, but you're out on the you're out on the uh, on the Jets. Not taking them four games in a row, but I, I agree with you. I mean, I definitely think that. Going off of what they did last week in a game they should have won down in Miami, Trubisky's played a couple really good games in a row, and the Jets' defense is, is a defense where I think he can continue to keep the ball rolling. A lot of injuries on that defensive side. And also, offensively, it's it's going to be another tough weather environment for him in Chicago. He's gonna get. He's gonna get used to it. He'll be fine. I totally agree with you. It's weather, Jesus Christ. Exactly. But you're acting like they cut his arm off. And they're like, oh, he's gonna have to figure out a first with of all. One it's not now. me. It's literally everybody. And <laughs> that's a dumb speculation. It uh, has been. Stupid. It has not always been, man. There have been guys who just straight up cannot play in the cold. He's He'll not one of them. But I'm saying this is another environment for him where he's gonna have to get his feet wet and get used to it. He's not going to have a great game this week. I think the Bears' defense also gets back on track because they've been giving up points in bunches. Cleo Mack is banged up. They have some other guys banged up as well. But I think that this is a game they know they should win if they're going to keep pace in a, in a playoff berth and a playoff chase in the NFC, which is wide open. I think the Bears get it. All right, so let's move on to the Giants. Uh, why don't you go first? Yeah, I'll make this very, very fast, Washington. All right, I'm going to take the New York Giants. Would you please stop? It's only a minus one. <laughs> and, and now, I will say this. You're so the New York Giants, this is a game. If, if I want it to continue to get worse, this is where they will. They just traded two players on their defensive side, two starters on the defensive side, and before this game, maybe a third or fourth, if you look at Vernon and, and Jenkins as possibilities. I could see this being one of those fucking games where the Redskins go back to the Redskins and lay an egg. And the Giants decide that they want to play incredibly inspired after losing some guys and everybody's put on notice. 
and they go out there and just and 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 steamroll or at least win. So who are you taking? I'm definitely taking Washington. All right. Well, the Giants are plus one, by the way. Um, so moving on to our out of market picks. First game I'm looking at is the Detroit Lions at the Seattle Seahawks. Detroit Lions are favored by three. Give me Seattle in that game coming off a bye at home. Very nice. I could see that. I'm going Philly at uh, at Jacksonville. Uh, I like them a lot in this game. They're going to get back on at track. London. Well, yeah. it's well, basically I, Jacksonville. Isn't that what I said? Um, <laughs> they're playing. This is an Eagle team that has to get back on track. Blake Bortles saga, you know, he has played great in London. We've said that already. But that Eagle team, I know they're banged up. I know they've got issues. They're trying to get back on track with Wentz. They have to win this game. The Jaguars have been so bad offensively. Their defense hasn't played very well, as you spoke to earlier, whether it's a result of the anemic offense or what. Eagles got to go out there. I don't care if they win by one. I don't care if they win by ten. They're going to have to win this game. But I do think that they're going to cover this game, which is minus three. All right, so moving on to my last pick, my sperm man pick of the week. Tom, you are 0-3. If you don't have this, you might as well just abandon this quick segment that you came no, up with. No, I love it. It's hilarious, and I'm going to keep going. It'll be funnier if I keep losing, but I'm hoping I win this one. The Baltimore Ravens at the Carolina Panthers. They're a two-point favorite on the road. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. There you go. Cincinnati is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Bengals. They, had, they just got rocked by the Kansas City Chiefs. they got to win this game. They're going to come back, and they're going to get this game. I don't trust whoever's playing quarterback. Now Jameis Winston for the Buccaneers. Back at home in Cincinnati, they know what they need to do for this game. Dalton gets back on track. That offensive finds its groove again, and they cover the four and a half. All right, so that just about wraps it up for this week's NFL podcast. We will be back, as always, on Monday to talk about World Series, NBA, college football, soccer, ping pong, badminton, whatever else Sean wants to talk about. And Bowling season's heating up. There we go. And that is pretty much it. That wraps it up for us. Let's hope that the Dodgers can not up this series, maybe take a lead in it. Um, I, I really don't know. Not not looking forward. Uh, no. I mean, it's kind of, to me, a foregone conclusion right now after last night. And, you know have to deal with more boss and sports but until next time guys take care have a good one